Welcome to the Unpolished MBA. I'm your host, Monique Mills. Many times entrepreneurs are called unpolished because they are scrappy and do things in unconventional ways. Well, I like the name Unpolished MBA so much that I even trademarked it. So on this podcast, we commend those with practical experience because they've proven time and time again that one can be successful in business even if they don't have a formal MBA degree. So on each episode, we discuss topics related to business and entrepreneurship. And I've been told that my guests and I provide insights and inspiration to aspiring and current entrepreneurs alike. So this is the place where you can come and hear real life stories that can help you navigate both challenges and opportunities in business. Now let's jump into the next episode. Hello everyone, I am your host Monique Mills. In this episode, we're gonna talk a bit more about how the workforce is changing. It's entirely too many layoffs. So many people confused about what to do next. And I think there is definitely more discussion needed around how people are going to provide for themselves We talk so much about the gig economy these days. And typically when folks say gig economy, it's associated with low paying jobs. And that is just really not the case anymore. We think about Uber and DoorDash and, you know, some of those things, those aren't really low paying jobs, especially if you're going to put the time in, right? But most people think of that, of like physical labor, Um, when it comes to gig economy, but that's not so much where we're headed. You know, you'll hear a lot of folks mention fractional work. Well, now I'm a fractional CTO or I'm a fractional COO, a fractional CFO. You're hearing that term fractional be used a lot. And don't get it twisted. Fractional work is very much a gig type of job. So Not too long ago, I was on a podcast called I Have Something to Say with my special friend, Sammy Hamin Mahero, and she is the owner of a business called Urbander that does a lot of marketing and things of that nature for diverse audiences. And we really went deep into discussion for almost an hour on what the future of work is going to look like for many professionals because with the layoffs and things of that nature, it doesn't mean that you're no longer useful. It's just the way that you were part of a company's business model no longer works. (laughs) I know that's just a, a funny way of saying, okay, they want your skills, but they don't want to pay you full time for it. If that makes sense, it may not feel good to hear it that way, But it's really showing that there is a shift in not just the workforce, but in the business models of these companies where they are trying to figure out a way to access the talent they need without paying for it full time. And I know that sucks. You know, it's really going to disrupt the way that people live their lives and the way that people earn a living. But hold tight, hold tight, because it's, the gig economy is not all bad. 
especially when we put the label white collar gig economy on it versus just gig economy. A lot of these folks that are a part of the white collar gig economy, as I mentioned, fractional folks and things and people who have positioned themselves to be known as a professional in a certain thing, they don't see themselves as being part of the gig economy per se. They see themselves as a consultant. They see themselves as a professional that provides a service to multiple companies, right? And so it's just a different way of looking at it. And I think that many people who listen to this podcast will probably be enlightened um, in the way that they view that term, right? Because being a part of the gig economy does not mean that you're driving Uber. Back in 2016, we're, we're trying to make it seem like this is a new thing, but it's not the case because back in 2016, McKenzie did a report on this exact topic and it was called Independent Work, Choice, Necessity, and the Gig Economy. That was in 2016. Now this report is a total of 24 pages. So they dug deep even back then. Right now, as of this recording, it's 2024. And if you think about it, back in 2016, I don't think people thought we would be where we are right now in the workforce. But these consulting firms that are looking ahead, a lot of us are looking ahead um, in the work that we do. I think many of them were preparing for what we see right now, hence this report. Now I'm gonna give a link to this report in the show notes, so feel free to go ahead and download it or easily access it without even putting in your email address. So in their report, they were calling it independent work, all right? And they talk about it being defined as having three specific features. So they define independent work as having a high degree of autonomy, you know, basically no one telling you what to do day to day. <laughs> um, also payment by task, assignment, or sales. So when you think about it, a lot of fractional folks are given a project, right? They're given a project that they need to complete. There needs to be certain deliverables or outcomes. And then at the end of that, you know, you can choose to assign another project and, you know, another contract with that fractional person, or you can end the relationship at that point until further notice. Now that sounds great for companies, but if you're an individual that's used to a steady paycheck and working for a company for years and not having to find your next assignment after one ends, that may not be ideal for you, but I have to break it to everyone. I think that's going to become more of the norm than most people are prepared for. And that's why it's important that we talk about this. So the other part of their definition also says a short-term relationship between a worker and a client, which is what I just described. So those three defining points is really what they call an independent worker. We're calling it the gig economy, gig workers, all of that, but it's all the same thing. In their research, they said about 20 to 30% back in 2016, 20 to 30% of the working age population in both the US and the UK 
were those who were engaged in some type of independent work. So that was, I mean, that was significantly, I think it's more than that now, but that was still a significant part of the population that was considered an independent worker. So, you know, that includes independent consultants and things of that nature. Basically those who don't currently have a full-time job with someone. Um, they consider themselves as McKinsey says, they consider themselves free agents. They can choose who they work with. Um, and all of their primary income comes from it. Now I wouldn't consider it a casual earner, but, um, in parentheses, they call some of the folks casual earners, which is about 40% of the people. And those are basically people who, as we say, have side hustles. Okay. So this was in 2016, 40% of the folks had side hustles and it wasn't their main source of income. It was just their supplemental income. So any of you who fall into that category, just know you're not alone. There are quite a few people who are in that category you know, across, across the world. But right now we're just focusing on the U S and the UK. Now there are a lot of people who have, you know, fractional jobs or gig jobs, but they hate it. They really didn't choose it for it to be that way. And that's about 14% of the population. They say that those that do it because they are forced to, it's a small, it's a small percent um, that are financially strapped is what they call it. And that accounts for about 16% of the, those populations. So depending on how bad you need it and all of that, they're categorizing it based upon that. But I wouldn't even do that in this day and age, I would say, especially post COVID, some people have chosen this particular pathway because they want to work remotely right? They, they may not have the same stability if they're not in the office as well. So some of these companies and some of these offices, you're better positioned if you have to FaceTime, even though you feel as if, you know, you can do your job without it. And maybe you can, but when it comes to promotions and having that relationship, that time to build relationship and trust, um, in person is no doubt is the best way to go. So when you want to work remotely, it can, not always, but it can limit your earning potential within certain organizations. When people realize that and they want to earn more money, they usually choose two things. They will do that side hustle, especially if they're remote. They can, right? They, they can find the time and that may be you. They choose that side hustle or some of them just decide outright they're going to go out on their own and they become one of these independent workers or free agents and decide to make their whole living that way. Now there's more people doing that than ever before. If you are not on LinkedIn and see all of the layoffs and people who are making announcements on starting their own thing, if you go on there right now, you'll see exactly what I mean. They, they are able to have a higher level of control of their day and autonomy. But in addition, their earning potential isn't capped just because they don't have FaceTime in the office. And that is something that's really, really important to people these days. 
you know, they, they understand what their value is and what they can provide to an organization. And they just want to provide that and live their lives and take care of their families and take care of themselves. So post COVID, a lot of things, as far as what people are willing to do and want to do has changed because we learned that you can be effective working from home, although it may not be, be ideal for if you're trying to climb the corporate ladder per se in certain organizations. So most of the folks who do these independent jobs, right? These white collar gig jobs, fractional jobs, things of that nature, they set up a full LLC. They set up a business. And I've talked about this on other episodes, but more and more people are finding opportunities to do this fractional work from platforms online. So, you know, everyone may turn their nose up at Upwork and things like Fiverr. And um, there's another one called Catalans. That's really, really popular. And I mean, I know folks that do very, very well off of those platforms. Everything is not based upon how cheap you are. It depends on what it is that you're selling. Okay. So just, just keep that in mind. But most importantly, I think it's time that people realize that we're all a product. We're a product that we're selling to somebody else. So I'm a consultant. Um, and despite, you know, having a team, I am still the brand of TPM focus. I am still the product, right? I am what's being sold. And with that in mind, there is a certain amount of marketing and sales and positioning and branding and messaging that I had to develop. I had to develop in order to be successful. And I'm saying that because that's something that you all who are in this situation or um, are maybe deciding whether or not right now to choose that to be your path. This is something that you'll need to do as well, right? What I've seen happen quite a few times is people say, you know, I'm going out on my own. And usually it's because they're pissed off at, at their job or they didn't get the raise or someone is is not being respectful of their time or their efforts or something at work. And they're just like basically pissed <laughs> and they're ready to go. And so they decide I'm just going to go out on my own without really having any entrepreneurial skills. So just because you can do your job well, doesn't make you a great entrepreneur. You have to know some of the other components that's involved in being successful as a business. So it's more to it than just doing your job well. Just doing your job well is what's expected of you as an employee. Turning your skill set into being an entity, right? And being a company and maybe having a team or maybe it's just you. Doing that, you have to learn how to market. You have to learn how to sell. You have to learn project management, right? You have to learn all types of things that you did not probably have to do in your regular full-time job. And although it seems simple, it's really not that simple if that's not your thing. And I say all this to say from experience, because I remember when I first started out as a startup founder, now 
as you guys remember, I mention this all the time, but there's always first time listeners. So my background is engineering and as engineers, we are not told, taught anything about marketing sales or not. We know how to create, we know how to provide solutions to things that are tangible products, whether it's hardware or software, but actually how to get those products in the hand of hands of people and get people using them and talking about them and wanting them and requesting them. We, we are not trained on that <laughs> in the least bit. So those were all skills that I had to learn. Marketing was something completely new, like understanding, positioning, messaging, and just distribution channels for your message, uh, all types of things. Like right now I can, I can go down a laundry list of things that one would need to do in order to set themselves up as a business. But back when I first started, I just knew really how to create a product and we all think, oh yeah, yeah, there's plenty of people that can use this. And in reality, yeah, there, there probably are plenty of people that can use whatever it is that you're selling. If it's your fractional services or if it's a product or whatever it is, there are, there is a market for pretty much anything out here. But if you don't know how to get to that market, how to communicate with that market, how to influence that market to do business with you. If you don't know how to set up processes so that you make it easy to do business with you, so that you make it easy for you to get paid, for you make it easy for you to be top of mind when they need what it is that you sell, you're gonna find yourself looking for a job pretty quickly because it takes time for your messaging and for your product to even find space in the market where people are listening. And you have to be strategic, creative, persistent, consistent, resilient, all of those things, like all day, every day. And on top of that, once work does come in, you still have the work to do. Okay. So it's, it's an interesting path, but it's a doable path. Don't get me wrong, it's doable. But don't underestimate the amount of effort and learning and things involved. So if you think that fractional work or white collar gig work is in your future, I'm gonna tell you right now, let's prepare for it right now. Let's prepare, prepare for it and start learning and understanding some of these things because a lot of the social media influencers and, you know, folks who have, you know, created a LinkedIn following and they're selling you a, a LinkedIn ebook on how you can grow your LinkedIn and all that. Listen, it's more to it than that. It's more to it than that. A lot of them really, really simplify it to, to, you know, to sell you a $40 or $50 product. It's more to it than that. And a lot of times people who aren't, um, used to having to do all these things. They need some type of coach, some type of help. And it's, it's completely fine. I just want you guys to know that most people who are successful have, have a coach. They have someone that's telling them step-by-step kind of these, you know, these are some of the things to do. These were the outcomes from other folks that I've worked with. These are some of the things that they did and they're able to help them move along much quicker than if they tried to do it on their own. So having that network of experienced folks who are 
I don't know, willing to help you. <laughs> um, but I just want to say you can reach out to folks for help, but just understand that people don't have time to help you free of charge. It's just, let's just be honest here. If people have a business where they provide coaching and help people get up to speed really quickly, then there is a fee, there is going to be a fee for that. And if this is something that you see in your future, you need to put some of that, some of your money aside to be able to afford that because otherwise you're going to be just like kind of treading water and not really making progress for a long time. And then next thing you know, you beat and ran out of money because you're paying bills, right? While you still don't have the money coming in because you may not have a full-time job. And next thing you know, you're out of money. So then you're, you're panicking and then you're back trying to find a regular nine to five job which is okay, but it's definitely much more competitive, okay? So if you get a moment, I would say go over to, I have something to say podcast. We recorded episode 174 not too long ago, and it's with me and Sammy. And we talk a lot about this whole white collar gig economy thing because it's it's going to be something more and more of you all and people in, you know, (laughs) working people, period, um, will need to consider. And it's going to take some time to make that adjustment. So I'm going to share that link to the McKinsey study. And I have a few other links to like a Forbes article on saying uh, the gig economy is here to stay. And they posted that article back in 2022. Right. So now we're in 2024. It's not going anywhere. It's actually going to expand. So these are some things that kind of help shape, you know, the way you might be thinking about it, especially for those who have been laid off. Now, for those who are very much senior level, here is the thing. It's going to be super hard to, oh, how do I say this? give up having all of the support you had in corporate, you know, the corporate parks, uh, maybe having an uh, an assistant that was there at your beck and call, uh, maybe having travel and per diem hotels and things like that. Frequent flyer miles. Uh, Those perks. I mean, I've had them (laughs) in corporate. I've had them in corporate. They are nice. But when you go from that to, not having any of that because you're starting from scratch, just be ready for, I don't know, be ready for that kind of reality check Um, because it can really kind of, I don't know, bring your spirit down some when you feel like you're in this all alone because at some point you're going to feel like that as you try to build something of your own where you are providing fractional support to others um, with your expertise. So I just want you guys to like brace yourself because (laughs) as you're having these career transitions, um, especially coming from corporate and trying to build something on your own, you're going to go through these moments where you're doubting your decision. And when you do the fractional work with any client, I want you to keep this in mind. You're going to have to prove your value to that client pretty much every single day. Where in work, 
you know, you have your moments where you're going all in hard and some days where you may pull back some, but in this world, you have to prove your value to your customer, your client every single day. Cause I mean, at any moment and we're like, yeah, this project will be, um, this project will be ended. We no longer need your services, literally. And it's not the same as being fired from a job. Okay. It definitely hits home harder because it is something that's saying you're not doing something good enough. It's not that they're just having a reduction in workforce. Okay. So it's one of those things where you really have to prepare yourself to kind of be on all the time for a while as you try to build up whatever it is that you're aiming to do next, but also being, being ready to be on for your clients so that you're able to maintain those relationships, those contracts, and perhaps have them re-upped after a project is over, you know, have them recharge and be like, yeah, you know what? We would like for you to work on this or, you know, the same project, let's say it's a campaign they do every Christmas and you did a great job on, okay, next Christmas, they want you to also be the person to do it. So that contract may show up again next year and may not be contiguous. And when that's the case, you have to find other projects in between, right? And so that's if you're trying to do this alone. So that means that you're constantly in like business development and sales mode and also marketing mode. And so those are all things that everyone who is even thinking about this, you have to be ready for that. And right now you have to position yourself as someone with whatever expertise it is that you plan to offer the market. So again, the gig economy is not just about food delivery. It's not about that. It's about high skill areas as well, because all of you as professionals bring immense values to companies, but the future may look like it's just on a project basis versus full-time 40 hour a week you know, coming into the office or, or not. Um, but the point of that episode on, I have something to say with Sami episode 174. It's really about letting everyone and everyone know that there are certain skill sets and you're probably going to have to have a mindset makeover to prepare you for this next leg of your career. And so with that, I'll share the links in the show notes, but I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.